after this, the judgment. After this, the judgment. Now, last week, we looked at the two resurrections. Remember, there was a resurrection unto life and a resurrection unto condemnation. And, uh, of course, those who do not receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they are resurrected to the what is called the judgment or the resurrection or the judgment, condemnation, resurrection unto condemnation. We talked about that last week. Their names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And, and unbelievers stand before the great white throne. You remember us talking about that last week? And again, the great white throne judgment is for everyone who has not received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Okay? They will stand before God based on their own merit because they rejected Jesus. They did not receive him. And so they will at one, one day off out in the future... Uh, At the end of the millennial reign of Christ, they'll be resurrected, they'll stand before God, and then they'll be cast into the lake of fire. Uh, They're in hell right now. They're headed to the lake of fire. That's why we need to pass these tracks out. That's why we need to tell everybody we can about Jesus. Because God doesn't, he's not willing that anybody should perish. Is that right? Okay. Alright, so that's what we talked about last week. The great white throne judgment. Now today... I want to look at the judgment of believers, the judgment of believers, those who have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, those who have their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And this is known as the judgment seat of Christ. Okay, now, just like there's two resurrections, one unto life and one unto unto damnation, there's two judgments. All right. The judgment seat of Christ has to do with believers. The great white throne judgment has to do with unbelievers. Now, now do you have that? I want to go slow here because I want you to get it. How many resurrections are there? Two. One unto life and one unto condemnation. Okay. Now, the judgment where unbelievers are cast into the lake of fire, that's known as what? The great white throne judgment. Do you have that? Do you understand that? All right. Now, what is the judgment called? We just talked about it. What's the judgment called for believers? The judgment seat of Christ. Okay. Do you understand that? So everybody who appears before the judgment seat of Christ is a Christian. They're already saved. Heaven is a, is a for sure thing. What we're going to look about, look at today and study about today, all of these people are Christians. Talking about you and me today. But one day we're going to have to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Not the great white throne judgment. That's for unbelievers. The judgment seat of Christ is for believers. Okay. Do you you understand that? Because sometimes I go over this stuff real quick and then people don't get it. How many judgments are there? Two. Great white throne is for sinners. Right. Going to hell. The judgment seat of Christ is for believers. Okay. Alright, so once you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you are never going to go to hell. Do you understand that? So what we're going to talk about today, it's very sobering. But for a believer, hell is not our destination. It's heaven. Do you understand that? You got that? Alright, now the judgment seat of what? 
judgment seat of Christ. Remember, repetition is a seat of learning. So sometimes I'm accused of going over things again and again, but that's the way you get it. Judgment seat of Christ is for believers. Do you understand that? Are believers ever going to go to hell? No, we're headed to heaven. But before we go to heaven, there is a judgment. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. Okay, now, with that in mind, look at Revelation 22, 12. Jesus says this. He says, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Well, now, he said this 2,000 years ago, approximately. How can that be quickly? Well, you need to understand that Jesus is looking at this from his perspective. So, from God's perspective, Jesus is God. You understand it? From his perspective, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. So from his perspective, it's only been two days since he said that. So quickly, two days is pretty quick, isn't it? But from our perspective, 2,000 years, that's a long time, isn't it? But you must understand that you have to look at these things in proper context. And from his point of view, it is quickly. It is quickly. I'm coming quickly. And notice what he says here, my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Now, you need to understand the judgment seat of Christ where believers will stand. You and I will stand if we're believing on the Lord Jesus is for believers works for believers works. Now, are we saved by works? Or are we saved by grace? We're saved by grace. OK, so. We can, we can never be good enough in and of ourselves to make heaven. We can never work our way to heaven. If you try to work your way to heaven and you're trusting in your works to get to heaven, you're going to wind up in hell. Do you understand that? So the judgment seat of Christ is not a heaven-hell issue. That was already settled when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, when you received him going to heaven. But the judgment seat of Christ has to do with Believers works and notice Jesus said my reward real loud say reward my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. So that's what the judgment seat of Christ where believers stand before before the Lord Jesus to be judged. It has to do with what we did here on the earth in our bodies as Christians. Okay, now let me. Uh, Say this, the judgment seat of Christ, when is it going to take place? Well, uh, this is my thought on it. This is my my thought on it. The Bible said, we started with this scripture, it's appointed unto men once to die and after that the judgment. So when a sinner dies, when a sinner dies, somebody that's never received Jesus, uh, their spirit comes out their body. There's a judgment right there because they go to hell. Is that right? So there's immediate judgment. But then later on down the road at the resurrection of damnation, then they stand before the great white throne judged, you know, at that point as well. And then cast in the lake of fire. Okay, now for Christians, when we die, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I personally think that when a Christian dies, their spirit comes out of their body present with the Lord. Okay, but I personally believe before we, we go into heaven itself, we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ at that time. That's what I personally believe when a person, Christian, dies, 
that at the moment they die, their spirit leaves their body, goes to heaven to be with Jesus before they go into heaven, the judgment seat of Christ. To be uh, absent from the body, present with the Lord, it's appointed unto men once to die, after that, the judgment. Okay, now that's, that's what I personally think happens to a believer when they die. Because you see, how many of you know that there, is your, is your life perfect before God right now? Do you have anything in there that, that might be a spot or a wrinkle that, well, there's no spots or wrinkles get into heaven. So the judgment seat of Christ would occur, I believe, for, for a Christian who dies, spirit leaves our body, goes to heaven, and we appear before the judgment seat of Christ where he gets those spots and wrinkles, deals with those things, right? And then we go on in, in, into heaven. That's what I think. Now, what about the people who are on the earth when the rapture takes place, which could be you or I, we're caught up. We talked about this last week, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Then I believe those people will be judged, of course, at that time before we go into in, in, into to heaven. Are you okay? Now, I might be right, I might be wrong on that, but I do know this. Every believer will stand before the judgment seat of Christ at some time to give account for what we did in the body. So when that occurs, I'm, you know, I may be wrong on what I just told you about the timing, but I'm not wrong on this. We will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Are you okay on that? Okay, there's no, no escaping it. Now look, if you would, at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8. Notice this. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8. We're confident, yes, well pleased rather, to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. I just quoted that, didn't I? He's talking to believers here. We're confident, yes, well pleased rather, to be absent from the body, present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to Him. For we must all, now notice the context here, we're talking about being absent, we're talking about Christians here. Talking to Christians, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Look at verse 10. For we must all appear before, what? Judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. You got that? There's, as Christians, I've done some good things. As a Christian, I've done some good things. Have you? Are those good things going to get me into heaven? No. But there's going to be reward based on some of those good things. Now, as a Christian... I've done some bad things. How about you? Have you ever missed the mark? And Well, that has to be ironed out and dealt with before we go into heaven. If we don't repent of it here upon the earth and, and judge ourselves, as we'll talk about as we go, then at the judgment seat of Christ, then Jesus is going to judge us. Okay? All right? Whether good or bad. Now, let's put verse 10 up in the Amplified Bible. If we could just click that over to the Amplified. And let's notice this a, a little bit further. For we must all appear... And be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each one may receive his pay. We're working for the Lord, aren't we? According to what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Now look at this, evil. Considering what his purpose and... What's that next word? Motive. That At the judgment seat of Christ is where your motives, my motives, are going to be judged. Why did we do what we did when we did it? Why did we serve in the church? Why did we do what we did when we did it? What was the motive behind it? See, motives are going to come up. And how many of you know Jesus knows what's in our heart? 
considering what his purpose and motive have been and what he has achieved, been busy with? What have you been busy with concerning the Lord? And given himself and his attention to accomplishing. Where, where's your attention been? What have you been paying attention to? What have you done while in the body? So not only will good things that we've done come up at the judgment seat, but bad things we've done will come up at the judgment seat. Okay? Have you ever known somebody that they really loved the Lord Jesus, they believed upon him, but they're just... They're called a carnal Christian. They never really got their, they never yielded enough to the Lord to get their life just right as it should be. What happens, you know, if they die? Well, if they trusted, truly trusted in Jesus, they're going to make heaven. But they're going to have to give account at the judgment seat. Did you hear what I just said? Whether good or bad, good or evil. You okay? And then verse 11 in the New King James, I like to point this out to people, knowing therefore the what? The terror of the Lord. We persuade men. The terror of the Lord, the judgment seat of Christ is going to be a time of great reward and great blessing. But it's also going to be a time of terror, as you'll see here in a moment. It's going to be a time of terror. Not the terror of going to hell, but the terror of the Lord judging us. He's going to judge us with his fire. We'll see that in a moment. Notice, before we get to that, go to Romans 14, verse 7. It's going to be a terrifying thing for many people who've been lukewarm and lackadaisical. Christians now who've been lukewarm, lackadaisical. Romans 14, 7, New King James Version. Let's read this. For none of us lives to himself. No one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we're the Lord's. Just talking to Christians here. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the... This is talking to Christians, judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will confess to God. So then each of us, talking to Christians, shall give account of himself to God. Are you ready to do that? Because we'll all appear before the judgment seat. Now, look at 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11, and it'll give us more specifically what happens at the judgment seat of Christ. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11. No other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. See, he is our means by which we go to heaven. He's the foundation. When a sinner repents and and receives Jesus, then they're born again and their access to heaven is assured. He's the foundation. No other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, once a person is saved, notice verse 12. You okay? You alright? Who's the foundation? Jesus. Talking about people now who have the foundation of Jesus. They're born again. They're going to heaven. But now he's going to talk about the judgment seat of Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. 
See, there's things that we do for God that are pleasing. And those would be the gold, the silver, and the precious stones. There's things that we do in our life as Christians, places where we miss it, times when our motives aren't right, times when we sin, we don't have to sin, we shouldn't sin, but has anybody ever missed it besides me since you've gotten saved? Things that we did that God never told us to do. Have you ever done that? Times we didn't obey Him. These sorts of things. Wood, hay, straw. You know, I, I like to say this. Gold, silver, precious stones. When you think of gold or silver or precious stones, those are typically underground, aren't they? Not seen. Wood, hay, straw, those are typically above ground, seen. Interesting, the things that we do behind the scenes that man never knows we're doing, things that are done in secret, you know what I'm talking about? Good things we do with right motives in secret. We help somebody and we don't need to get up in front of everybody and say, hey, I did this for so-and-so, but we just do it. We don't let our right hand know what our left hand is doing. Jesus talked about that, didn't he? Those, will, those are gold, silver, precious stones. A lot of times the things that are seen by men, when we have a good attitude in front of people, we have a good attitude in front of the boss, but when the co-worker comes along, we don't have a good attitude towards them. That would be uh, wood, hay, or straw. Okay? So as believers... We need to be producing good, uh, gold, good things. Gold, silver, precious stones, not the wood, the hay, or the straw. Because look at verse 13. Each one's what? Work will become clear for the day, the, the time we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, will declare it. Because it will be revealed by what? Fire. Now this is not the fires of hell. This is the fire of God, the fire of the judgment seat of Christ. Each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work, each Christian's work to see of what sort it is. I I always like to say this to people. You need to seek God and be sure that, that, that you've sought God. And if you seek God, God will put you in a church where the minister is a flame of fire with the word of God. Because, you see, part of what a minister, a pastor should do, a preacher, a teacher of the Word of God should do, is come out with the Word of God as a flame of fire, as a minister of fire. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and, And the pulpit ought to be full of the fire of God, the love of God, the compassion of God, but the fire of God. Because, you see, if you sit yourself under that kind of a ministry, then the Word of God can, the fire of the Word of God can come from the pulpit and it can burn all the junk off of you that needs to be burned off down here. And it's a whole lot better getting it burned off down here than having to appear before the judgment seat of Christ and have him burn it off you up there. Can you say amen? Did you get what I just said? Did you really get that? See, there's a lot of folks I've run into over the years. They won't tolerate a a pulpit, a, a, a minister that's a flame of fire. They'll come out and say, thus saith the Lord, and preach under the fire and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And you see, if you don't sit under that, then there's a lot of things, a lot of junk. Have you ever had any junk on you besides me? Just things, 
And you see, come on a regular basis and let the, the minister take the word of God and burn that junk off you down here. So that when you get up there, there's no junk to be burned off. It all got burned off down here. So then it just gold, silver, precious stones up there. Huh? Doesn't fire just refine gold and silver and make it make it even better? Huh? No. You want a minister that will come out as a flame of fire and preach under the anointing of the word of God. Let that anointing, the power of God, burns junk off of you. A lot of people in the, in the United States in this hour won't tolerate it. I want to go somewhere where they make me feel good. They give me... No, you want somebody that's going to come out. How many of you know the word of God will encourage you? It'll build you up. It'll help you. Is that right? But it'll also burn junk off you. So don't get angry at me when I come out sometimes with the word of God and I've taken burn some junk off. It's a good thing. You okay? And I've learned this about God that even when he burns the junk off you, uh, uh, you know, he won't leave you beat up feeling. He'll leave you, all right, I got some junk off me. Now I can go do the work of God in a better way. Did you hear what I just said? But the fire of God at the judgment seat of Christ will, will, will test each one's work to see what sort it is. If anyone, look at verse 14. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a what? A reward. That's a good thing. A lot of good things going to happen at the judgment seat of Christ. A lot of Christians' good works are going to be rewarded. We'll talk about those rewards here in just a moment. That's a good thing. But we talked to you a moment ago from the Word of God about the terror of the Lord, didn't we? And the judgment seat of Christ will be a time of great blessing and a time of great reward, but... For people who have been not living as they should before the Lord. I'm talking about Christians now. Verse 15. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. That's going to be a terrifying time. When the, when the fire of God's judgment comes out and burns up the wood, the hay and the straw. The things we've done for God that haven't been Right before him. Be a terrifying time. He will suffer what? Loss. Loss of reward. Suffer loss. But there's good news tacked on here. But he himself will be. That sure beats going to hell, doesn't it? He himself will be saved. Yet so as through the fire. So, so if, if you've been what the Bible calls a carnal Christian, you've born again, all right, you, you, you've received Jesus, but you haven't lived like you should and all of that, and you die, you go to heaven, you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and all your works are burned, and you suffer great loss, terrifying thing, there's still good news because you yourself will be saved. But you'll be, you'll be standing before God empty handed with nothing. We'll see in a minute the crowns that are given out at the judgment seat of Christ. You won't have anything to go lay before the throne of God and worship Him with. Sure beats going to hell, but I don't know about you. I want a full reward. Amen? I mean, if all we got was heaven, that'd be wonderful. And that's good. But the Bible says that we can do things down here and live for God and receive, receive rewards. I want to get some of those rewards. 
Are you okay? Did it say that the Christian here will suffer loss? Some of them. But they themselves will be. That, you see, heaven, going to heaven is a free gift. Nothing you and I can do in our best day to earn it. Not even a little bit. It's all what Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection. Is that right? Salvation's a free gift. It's free, but it wasn't cheap. It cost God everything he had. And we ought to live right. We ought to walk right before God. Is that right? But one day, every one of us are going to appear as Christians. We're going to appear before this judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to bow our knee and we're going to give account to God. He's going to ask you and me, put together, he's going to ask, you know, each of us individually, why did you do what you did when you did it? And I've got some news for you. Preachers get a stricter judgment than people who aren't preachers. The Bible is very clear on that. I have to answer for me, myself, and then I have to answer for how I pastored you. How did I treat you? The Bible's clear. clear. You can read the book of James and, and find out. I, I think it's James 3, verse 1. You can look at that sometime. And you can see, I, I believe it's James 3, 1, that the, that the preacher, the teacher of the word of God is going to have a stricter judgment. We're going to be held even to a higher standard than people who aren't teachers of the word. Did you hear me? You okay? Very sobering. Somebody said, well, pastor, what, what kinds of rewards are we going to be getting at the judgment seat of Christ? Would you like me to spend just a little bit of time on that? Let's just spend a little time on it. Let's go uh, Revelation 2.10, New King James Version. We'll just go over some of these things. Revelation 2.10. First of all, there's, there's five crowns that are going to be given out at the judgment seat of Christ and I'm not going to give these in any particular order. We'll just give them. We'll start off with this one. Revelation 2.10. It's known as the crown of life. It's for those who suffer. Talking about Christians now. Who suffer and endure persecution and hardness. And even death for the sake of Jesus Christ. Look at Revelation 2.10. It says, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. He's talking to the church here. One of the seven churches of the book of Revelation. Indeed, the devil's about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you'll have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death and I'll give you the what? The crown of life. That's for those who suffer and endure persecution and endure hardness and even death for the sake of Jesus Christ. Some of those testimonies that we had here on the, the uh, screen here today. Some of those people and some of these, these Christians in other lands that you think persecution's bad here in America. You haven't seen anything until you've gone to some of these other countries. It's really almost nothing compared to what they go through in some of these countries. But the crown of life is for those who suffer and endure persecution. Now then the next one is known as the victor's crown. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Let's, let's read a couple of verses here. The victor's crown. This one is for those who resist temptation and keep their flesh or their bodies under control. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Next verse, please. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. Next verse, please. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight, not as one who beats the air. Next verse. 
but I discipline my body. Paul is speaking here, the apostle. He says, I discipline my body. I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. And then, uh, where did he, which verse did he talk about the crown? Is that the next verse? The previous one? Okay, go back. Yeah, therefore I run the, before that. And everyone competes for the prize. A perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. And most theologians call that the victor's crown. The victor's crown. It's for those who keep their bodies under control. For those who resist temptation. Has anybody ever been tempted besides me? Tempted to do wrong, tempted to sin. And when we resist that temptation, and we resist the devil's temptation... There's a, there's a crown. We just read about it. Now then there's another one. 2 Timothy 4.8. This is known. Scholars call this the crown of righteousness. But 2 Timothy 4.8. Finally there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Apostle Paul speaking. Which the Lord the righteous judge will give to me on that day. And not to me only. But also to all who have loved his how many of you looking forward to Jesus coming back? You, you love his appearing. You'd be happy if he came before I finish this message. You get up in the morning looking for him. You go to bed looking, looking for him. You love his appearing. There's a crown for that. And then there's another crown. It's 1 Thessalonians 2.19. 1 Thessalonians 2.19. And this is what is known as the soul uh, winner's crown. It's called the crown of rejoicing. First Thessalonians 2.19 For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? This has to do with winning souls. The Bible says he that wins souls is wise. There, there's a reward for winning souls. Um, something else I, I feel impressed to mention here. Uh, didn't have it in my notes. But as you study the Bible, you'll see that in, in, as time, you know, in heaven and then upon the new earth and so on. And because it, remember one day there's going to be new heaven, new earth, the Bible teaches. Be that as it may, as we go on throughout the eons and eons of, of ages with the Lord, the Bible is clear that, that as we in our glorified bodies, there's going to be, how do I want to say this? The, the Bible talks, some will shine as the sun, talking about Christians now. Some will shine as the moon, some as the stars. There's going to be a different illumination or a different glory about each of us. Did you hear what I just said? And it has to do with our faithfulness now here in this time, how close we walk with the Lord. So some Christians are going to shine in their, in their glory. God's going to give them the glory. You're going to shine like, like the sun, some like the moon, some like the star. Did you hear me? It pays to be faithful now. It pays to win souls now. It pays to resist temptation now. It pays. How many of you know the Bible says there's pleasure in sin, but it's only for a season. And the wages of sin is death. I believe one of the most beautiful crowns will be the soul winner's crown. Did you hear me? And then the last one, it's found in 1 Peter. We'll not turn to it because it, 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 that's for the minister. There's a minister's crown. 
And you can look it up. Sometimes look at it. It's First Peter 5, verses 2 through 4. But it, it's a minister's crown. It's a special crown reserved for ministers, pastors, preachers, teachers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And ministers, as I said a while ago, are going are to be held to a higher standard. How many, how many of you know all Christians ought to be held to a high standard, but preachers even higher? You okay? And I'm going to be asked, you know, was I nice to people? Did you know I met some preachers not very nice to people? How many of you know we ought to be, we ought to be nice to people? Most preachers are nice. I met some that... <laughs> how many of you know we ought to be nice to people? We ought to have time for people. Is that right? Is that right? You ought to be able to walk up to me and shake my hand and shake your hand and be nice to you. Is that right? Is that right? Who is greatest in the kingdom of God? He that is servant. As a preacher, I'm not here for you to serve me. I'm here to serve you. Did you get that? That's a great honor to get to go talk to Pastor Terry. No, it's a great honor for me to get to talk to you. That's how I look at it. Did you hear what I just said? So, anyway, how many crowns? How many? How many? Five of them. So what did one of them have to do with? The first one had to do with? Hmm? That had to do with enduring persecution, didn't it? What about the second one? That had to do with resisting temptation. What about the third one? All who love his appearing. Is there a soul winner's crown? Yeah. And then is there a crown for the minister? Yeah. And then you say, well, what are we going to do with these crowns? You could read the book of Revelation sometime right there in the, in the first couple of chapters. You can see where... In heaven, we're going to take the crowns that we've obtained in this life by good service for the Lord. And we're going to lay them at the throne of God and worship him. I want to have a crown to be able to present and lay there. How about you? Now, as I begin to close this message, I will not take the time to turn the scriptures on all these because we'd be here probably till two o'clock this afternoon. So let me just just kind of speak to you for a moment some other things i believe jesus considers at the judgment seat you can just listen to these have we talked about motives yeah faithfulness there's a scripture where he says well done good and faithful servant you know what a faithful person is they're always doing what they're supposed to be doing when they're supposed to be doing it with a good and right attitude did you get that So are you always doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it with a good and right attitude? He's going to talk to you about your motives at the judgment seat. He's going to talk to you about your faithfulness. He's going to talk to you and me both about the way we treated others. If you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. He's going to talk to, about, to us about the way we use the talents he gave us. You okay? If you go to the, you don't have to turn there, but I'd recommend that you read chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation. Actually, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to start a, a little mini-series here on Sunday mornings. We're going to look at the seven churches of Revelation and what Jesus had to say to those seven churches. And we can learn so many things about us here in the time which we live because people really don't change much over time did you hear what i just said so the things they were dealing with 
we deal with. It'll be very helpful. But Jesus said to those churches, he said, I know your works. Did you know that Jesus knows your works and my works? One of the things he commended them for, just listen to this, is love. How's your love walk? Are you walking in love towards your brothers and sisters? Are you loving your neighbor as yourself? He's going to bring that up at the judgment seat. He's going to talk to you about service, your service toward him. He's going to talk to you in that hour about church attendance. How many of you know I don't ever talk to you about your church attendance? If you hook in here and you attend regularly and, you know, uh, you miss, you know, two, three Sundays, about three Sundays come and I don't see you, I'm going to give you a loving call to check on you because we love you and a pastor should do that. Did you hear what I just said? But, but have I ever come to any of you and, 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 and badgered you about your attendance? Hmm? No, I don't do that. But there's going to day come, there's going to day come when you're going to be talked to about that. And it's not going to be coming from me. It's going to be coming from, I'm just the under shepherd. It's going to be coming from the chief shepherd. He's going to talk to you about that. Did you hear what I just said? See, see. so do you think that's a good deal? Don't you want to go to a church where, you know, you're there. You don't want to be badgered if you miss one Sunday. Well, where were you at? I don't do that. But you miss about three Sundays. Don't you want somebody to call you up and check on you? That's a good deal. I mean, don't you want to go to the church where, you know, if you died and you were laying there at home, somebody would come looking for you eventually? Huh? Wouldn't that be a good deal? That's kind of morbid, but I want to go to a church where they, at some point, they some send out the, the hound dogs or somebody to check on me. But how I many you, you don't want to miss one Sunday and have the pastor on the phone wondering where you're at? No, I mean, you, you understand. But there's going to come a day where somebody's going to talk to you about your church attendance. And it's going to be J-E-S-U-S. What does that spell? He's going to talk to you about that. He's going to talk to you. Did you go to church happy? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Or did you go... And then you got to the front door and go... And then you leave all the way home. He's going to talk to you about that. He's going to talk to you about your volunteering. Do I ever pressure you to volunteer? No. We make things available. You know. Do I ever pressure you or badger you? No. But there's going to come a day when somebody's going to talk to you about that. They're going to talk to you. Uh, he's going to talk to you about your praying. Do I ever badger you about your praying? No. I just generally encourage people to pray. But one day, just you and Jesus, he's going to, he's going to talk to you about that. Your tithing and giving, do I ever talk to you about your tithing and giving? Absolutely not. Have I ever come to anybody in here and talked to you about your tithing? Absolutely not. That's between you and God. I just teach generally that that needs to be done. I say very little. You know, I've said almost nothing about money over the last 20 years. All the needs are met. Everything's paid for. Isn't that wonderful? I teach on it sometimes. We need to sometimes as preachers. It's a disservice to you if we don't teach on, on the blessings of tithing and giving, but I don't center in on it or beat you over the head with it. But there's going to come a day somebody's going to talk to you about your checkbook and it's not going to be T-E-R-R-Y. It's going to be... Yeah. And then he's going to talk to you not only... Well, I tithe every week. I tithe every week. I tithe... Uh, uh, then he's going to talk to you about why did you do it? Or you gave us... Uh, you know, somebody gives a special gift to the church. Well, I'll give it as long as you put my name on it and put, you know, and let everybody know I gave it. Well, now you did. Now, when you gave that, and everybody in the church went, you just got your reward, didn't you? Huh? Didn't Jesus talk about you do things before men? 
to be seen of them? Talking about motives. See, the Bible talks about we ought to do good works before men that, that, may, that, that they may see our good works and glorify God. But, but if we're like giving a gift to the church and I'm going to give it, but I want my name on it. You know, I'm going to give I'm going to give a set of drums to the church just as long as you put a sign up there that that that, you know, Joe, Joe let's get a name that I don't. Uh, Terry Shield. Terry Shield gave this to the church. Well, now, see. You'd probably clap for me, wouldn't you? Is that right? But guess what, Terry? That's my only reward. Terry would get it for giving a set of drums to the church. Are you okay? I had a person come up one time years ago and they gave a fairly large offering and, and they handed it to me. And uh, I, I, I try never to look, but they made sure that I, I saw it. And I, you know what my reaction was? Thank you. And they're wondering how come I'm not just... No, because you know why I didn't do that? Why I wasn't jumping around? You know why? Because I don't want that to be their reward. I want their reward to be at the judgment seat of Christ. He's going to talk about people who tithe. He's going to talk about you if you're a tipper. Do you tip God or do you, do you give to him? Huh? Boy, I'm step, am I stepping on anybody's toes? He's going, to, he's going to talk to you about if you're a tither or a tipper. Many years ago, I need to get on with this. Many years ago when I was a young boy, I was sitting in a church. And I wasn't tithing. I was making decent money as a school teacher. But I wasn't tithing. I wasn't even really tipping real good. And the offering bucket went, went by one day. And I, I put my, was getting ready to put my tip in. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me right on the inside. And he called, you know what he called me? A freeloader. You know, he's big enough. He can do that and get by with it if he wants. And then he went on to, 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 to bring out to me, you know, these people around here, they've got the light bill to pay. They've got this bill to pay. They've got that bill to pay. And here you're sitting on this making good money. You're sitting here. They're feeding you spiritually. Isn't it a scriptural that if, if a minister feeds you spiritual, spiritual things, you ought to bless that back naturally? Is that right? Is that, is that the, am I preaching the Bible or not? Yeah. And then you put a tip in. Boy, he hit me. He dealt me a low, a low shot. But I started tithing that day, and we tithed. Can you say amen? Now you do whatever you want. See, now that's about all I'll do with you on money. Is just generally, and everything else that's between you and God. He's going to talk to you about living by faith. Have you lived by faith? Not just faithfulness, but faith. Have you lived by faith? You know, the Bible says without faith, it's what impossible to please God. And then. Just a few more things here in the book of Revelation. You can read it. He commended people for testing what they were being taught. You need to test what you're being taught to see if it's in line with the word of God. He tested people to see if they were. I'm sorry. He rewarded people that were testing people that get up and teach. They were testing what they said against the word of God to be sure it was in line with the word of God. There's a reward for that. For not, You know a lot of Christians just come to church and they'll sit there and they'll swallow whatever the preacher's saying. Did you know you shouldn't do that? I said you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't come to church and swallow whatever the preacher's saying. Even me. You shouldn't come here and just swallow whatever I'm, whatever I'm dishing. You need to 
line it up with the word of God. Can you say amen? I can miss it. You need to, you need to understand that. Did you hear what I just said? He talked to people in the book of Revelation, those churches there, those who have persevered. They've had patience. Those who labored for his namesake and didn't become weary. Those who held fast to his name and didn't deny him even when times got tough. But then he also said to these churches, I have a few things against you, for I've not found your works perfect before God. One of the churches left their first love. How many of you know you can get so busy working for God that you wind up not being close with God? Did you hear what I just said? Don't ever, you need to be busy about the things of the church and whatnot, but don't get so busy working in the church that you neglect your love for the Lord Jesus. He was upset, the Lord was upset with some of these churches because of false doctrine. See, some of them, there was one church that they examined every, now listen to me now, one church examined everything that they heard and they they made sure it was lined up with scripture, but you know what, that very church that judged everything that came across the pulpit, that same church was the one that left their first love and fell out of love with Jesus. Did you hear what I just said? But there were other churches where they didn't examine what was coming across the pulpit and they fell in to all kinds of strange, bizarre doctrinal things. They even let preachers get up in the pulpit and say it was all right to have commit sexual sin. Isn't that unbelievable? But that happened there in the book of Revelation and, and the Lord was not pleased about that at all. He talked to them about idolatry. You know what idolatry is? Is anytime you put anything ahead of God, how many of you know nothing should be any more important to us than God? These are things that we're going to have to give account for at the judgment seat. There was one church, he said, you have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Hypocrisy. And the Lord was upset about that. You appear one way to men, but in private you act differently. There was one church that was neither hot or cold. It was lukewarm. And the Lord said, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. That it wasn't pleasing to them, to him. They weren't pleasing to him. There was another church that said, I'm rich. I become wealthy. We have need of nothing. And you know what Jesus said to that church? You are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You know, a lot of times we think one thing. I believe in prosperity. I just don't believe prosperity ought to be the main thing. Can anybody say amen? You start sitting under a minister that they're talking about prosperity more than they're talking about Jesus. You've got a problem on your hands. I'll say this at the unction of the spirit of the, of the Lord. You stand, you, you sit in a church where the man in the pulpit's talking about his jet and how he gets around here and there. I'm going to tell you something. There's something wrong there somewhere. And I'm not taking it back. Did you hear what I just said? There's something wrong that prosperity's become, I'll say it by the Spirit of God, prosperity's become the God. No, Jesus needs to stay Lord and God. Can you say amen? I'm all for prosperity. I believe in having things, but I don't, I don't let things have me. Can you say amen? You know what Jesus said to the people that missed it? He didn't throw them out. He said, realize, say repent. Say, say repent. Come on, let me just finish this up. I know it's going a little long, but you're good people. You're going to get a reward for this. And during your pastor, there might be a special crown for that. No, I'm just teasing. You've got to have a little fun as you go. You all upset with me for what I said about prosperity? Prosperity shouldn't be the main thing. 
I'm all for prosperity. But when you're talking more about prosperity than you are Jesus, there's something wrong. Did you hear what I just said? Well, there's some things I'd like to say, but I think I'd make some people angry. So I'll go ahead and say them anyway. You know, sometimes a, you know, sometimes the minister ministers get so big, they got nobody to correct them. And you get it's dangerous. Brother Hagen called a bunch of preachers in many years ago and talked to them about overemphasizing prosperity. And you know what? They didn't listen to him. Now, these men are going to go to heaven. There's no question. But we're, they're going to have to give account. And we're going to have to give account for, for listening and judging things properly in line with the Word of God. Are you okay? Are you sure? Yes. Senior called him in. Kenneth Hagin Sr. called him in years ago. Had a big meeting there in Tulsa. Talked about prosperity. You overemphasize it. Put the wrong emphasis on things. Telling people you give in a certain offering, you're going to be, you know, get get reward back, you know, bizarre things back. And I believe in giving and receiving. But Brother Hagen warned them they wouldn't listen. Did you hear what I just said? One of the things that's wrong in this nation is that you got preachers that won't stand in the pulpit and tell people the truth of the matter because people will sit there and say he's not walking in love. But did you know the Apostle Paul called Peter out in love and corrected him on some things? And I'm open to be corrected. Correct, you know, I'm, correct me. I'm open. I can miss it. Are you okay? Listen to some of these other rewards and then we'll... He said, he said I'll give you to eat from the tree of life. How many of you think that'd be a good reward? He told some other people, I'll give you a white stone and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Now, I don't know everything about that, but that's a good deal when it's coming from Jesus. I studied this out. The white stone probably has to do with the ancient Roman custom of awarding white stones to uh, victors of athletic games. The winner of the contest was awarded a white stone with his name inscribed on it. This served as a ticket to a special awards banquet. How many of you know after the judgment seat of Christ, there's going to be an awards banquet? Called the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'd like to get that white stone. How about you? To one, to some people he gives authority over the nations. To other people he makes them pillars in the temple of God. Boy, that's good. Some people he's, he says, "I'll write on him my new, I'll write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I'll write on him my new name." I don't know what all that means, but that's a good deal. Now, here's one. You can read all about this in Revelation 2 and 3. Listen to this one. Hold on to your helmets. You got your helmet? Hold on to them now. You ready? Jesus is going to actually have some Christians who served him. I believe it's going to be people we probably never even heard of, although it could be people we've heard of. But he's going to say, come up here and sit with me on my throne. You could read that in the book of Revelation, chapters 2, 3. Go over there and look at it sometime. Can you imagine Jesus saying, come up here and sit with me on my throne? You talk about a reward. I mean, that'll make a Baptist start dancing in the Holy Ghost there. Did you hear what I just said? I said, did you hear what I just said? I said, did you hear what I just said? 
sit with Jesus on his throne. How many like that? And then lastly, to one, he says, I'll give you the morning star. You know who the morning star is? As Jesus himself. What a greater gift could any man have than what that means is fellowship with Jesus for eternity. Close fellowship with him. I don't know about you, but I want to serve God. Think about this. The Bible says, look to yourselves. This is in Second John. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we work for, but that we receive a full reward. That's in Second John. Don't lose the things you've worked for. I feel the Spirit of God wanting me to say, you've come too far to quit now. You've t- come too far to give in now. You've come too far to stop now. Continue on in your walk with the Lord Jesus. There's some of you people, you've been serving God longer than I have. You've been filled with, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost longer than I have. Don't let the devil come and talk you out of your reward. I'm not talking about salvation, I'm talking about reward. Don't give up serving Him now. The finish line's just out ahead. Let's just hold on for a little while longer and keep running the race. Can you say amen? Jesus said in Revelation 3, he said, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. Did you know the devil has people positioned out there that they'd like to come and take your crown? Don't let anybody come take your crown. Don't let anybody talk you into yielding to temptation. Don't let anybody talk to you into not looking for the Lord Jesus. Somebody might come along and say, well, the Lord hasn't come back yet, so there's no reason to look for him every day. Well, the Bible says there's a special crown for that. Don't listen to somebody that tells you the Lord's delaying his coming. The Lord's not delaying his coming. He's just long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. But I'm telling you, the Lord's getting ready to come back. When I get up and say, Jesus is coming, you ought to, whoo, whoo, you know, be looking for him. Can you say amen? Get a hold of that crown. Don't let anybody steal it from you. Did you get anything out of this today? The final thing I'll tell you is just simply this, and I'll just put it in my own words. The Bible talks about, have you ever done stuff for God and you wondered why you didn't get a reward for it in the here and the now? Because the Bible's clear. You can read it sometime in 1 Timothy 5. We're not going to get all the rewards here in this time. Some of us won't get rewarded until the judgment seat of Christ. But I think in some ways that's a better deal. Some rewards you get in the here and the now. The Bible's clear on that. But some rewards you won't get till the judgment seat. And one other thing. Have you ever done things or you've seen people do things and you're wondering how in the world are they getting away with that? How am I getting away with this? Have you ever thought that? Some sins will be judged. You can read about this in 1 Timothy 5. Some sins will be judged in the here and the now. But what doesn't get judged in the here and the now, the Bible's clear, it'll come up at the judgment seat of Christ. Did you get anything out of this today? Pass out the communion very quickly. I preached a little long today. I did that last week too, so next week I'll have to give you about a ten minute, no, I'm teasing it. We want to stay and wait for the, on the Lord. Can you say amen?
and get what he wants. I think it's, it's profitable any time you're hearing the word of God. Pass the communion out. If you're visiting, we serve communion about every six weeks. You can do it more often or less often. But pass it out as quickly as you can, guys. So just take a, take a moment with this. Sometimes we, we, we 